Drive Time Radio with New York Vinny. Well, very good morning to you, you, and everybody else out there uh, in the city of Seattle. A gray morning, beautiful, but gray, as it uh, it will be sometimes in the mornings here in Seattle. My name is New York Vinny. This is Drive Time Radio, and today we have uh, a special show planned for you. Every Labor Day, I try to and, uh, and, and attempt to and do pay tribute to the pickup truck. It is America's workhorse, and we get a chance to uh, expand that out this year because we have the hour show and uh, talk a little bit about uh, the pickup truck, its place in society, its uh, pickup truck as a political statement, a uh, pickup truck as a workhorse, uh, what's in the future of the pickup truck. Um, for those of us that grew up in the city, uh, you know, pickup truck is a bit of uh, a different breed, a different cat. You know, you, you start to think about your dad's car and sometimes, um, you know, you don't immediately relate uh, a pickup truck. But if you grow up in the suburbs or in, certainly in the farmlands out on the Palouse or something like that, a pickup truck is an integral part of your life. And they have gone from being these work trucks in the uh you know, the 30s, the 40s, the 50s, and the 60s to now being these vehicles uh, that you go out and you, uh, you know, have have every accoutrement and accessory and everything in them that, uh, you know, a Cadillac had. And most of them uh, are nicer uh, than Cadillacs. I mean, you can go out now and spend uh, close to $100,000 for a pickup truck and get reclining seats and massaging seats and all sorts of options in there that you would find in any luxury car. So over the next hour, that's what we're going to do. We're going to get into it with um, Jill Simonello, who is from PickupTruckTalk.com. Uh, she's going to join us in just a second. We'll get to talk to her about the pickup truck, why they're so popular. It, it, they are the biggest selling vehicles in America, as, as you can imagine and have noticed over the past couple of years. Passenger cars are disappearing. SUVs and pickup trucks are what people are buying. The car companies make more money on pickup trucks uh, than they do on just about any other vehicle that they sell. So, you know, the profit center is there. So you are going to see more pickup trucks out on the road uh, than you see cars. And it's pretty much that way right now in Washington State. Uh, I, you know, the uh, people at Hyundai are talking about coming out uh, at any uh, month now with a, uh, a new small pickup, but you can get them from big, 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 to small, small, small. You can get car-like pickup trucks. If you want to go buy an older El Camino, you can go to Australia and get a Holden Ute, which is like an El Camino, a modern El Camino. So there's lots of stuff to talk about with pickup trucks. We also have some fun vintage commercials, a pickup truck song, a cartoon of the week for you. And we'll even jump at the Yovini. Uh, what are you driving this week? Uh, Nathan is our uh, star with that. We will hear from him as well. So stick around. We come back. Jill Simonillo from PickupTruckTalk.com will join us and we'll talk to her about pickup trucks here on Drive Time Radio. Meet 98-pound Jackie Logan of RFD6 Ames, Iowa. Hi there. 
Everybody asks what I do around this farm. Well, I don't do any heavy work. Dad won't let me. But he does let me drive the truck for him. That's because our truck is a 1954 Ford pickup. And believe you me, it handles as easily as a passenger car. Take a look inside. We've got plenty of room, lots of window space, and we've got automatic and power brakes. It's only natural we got these two Ford Extras. They really save us time and money. And this Ford pickup, like all Ford trucks, gives you triple economy. The savings of increased power, better driving facilities, and big capacity. The three big areas of savings. See and test drive the new Ford triple economy pickup truck soon. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash 1150KKNW. And back here on Drive Time Radio on a Saturday morning here in the beautiful city of Seattle, Labor Day weekend. It is my annual Labor Day tribute to America's workhorse, the pickup truck. I mean, look, think about this. You know, you, you, you're a kid, you're riding one with your dad or your uncle or somebody who has a farm or a gas station, something like that. You get older and all of a sudden you look at him and say, man, I want one of those and Sure enough, one day you do, usually, even if it's a little water or a Subaru Brat, get one at some <laughs> point in your life, especially if you're in the suburbs. Jill Simonello is the managing editor at Pickup Truck and SUV Talk, PickupTruckTalk.com. Who better to talk to about pickup trucks than Jill Simonello? Good morning, Jill. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm, uh, you know, I'm kind of sad that I don't have a pickup truck for the Labor Day weekend. I was kind of, I was trying to talk like, um, you know, GM or something. You know, send me a Silverado for Labor Day so I feel like meaty, beefy, big, and bouncy, but well, I'll you have know. to survive. <laughs> Ironically, last week, um, so I, I have to clarify here. I'm not in Seattle. I'm in Chicago. And uh, my husband and I do not own a pickup truck. Uh, we own a very small GTI. Uh, but but last week uh, we were um, traveling and we borrowed a pickup truck from a friend. And so we had an, a previous generation Ram 1500 with the Hemi V8 engine. And I swear to high heaven, every time we turned that car on, the earth rattled. <laughs> it, it, there's just such a... Now that you feel, you drive a small car, you get into this pickup truck, do you feel different when you got in? Um, okay, so I should also clarify I'm about five feet tall. So, yeah, I felt really different. I felt tall. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's the thing. is, is um, And we'll, we'll talk about the history in a minute, but there's something about getting into one of those trucks that I don't know if it's like this uh, seminal kind of, uh, uh, I don't know if it's macho so much, but maybe <laughs> it's something that it touches in everybody uh, that says, you know, I, I'm king of the road. Well, you know, absolutely. I mean, obviously, the high ride height has something to do with that because you do have an absolutely commanding view of the road. You can see pretty over pretty much everything, you know, I mean, except for maybe a semi truck. But you you are king of the road when you are driving a pickup truck. And, you know, especially if you're driving one of the big boys, you know, the, the Ram 1500, the Ford F-150, you know, the Chevrolet Silverado, um, you know, you, you and you maybe put some off-road tires or maybe do some aftermarket lifting. I mean, you, you are the king of the road. Why? You know, I, I often think about this when I see a, a, a pickup truck and a guy or a woman driving it. And, um, you know, it's their work truck and they've got all that stuff in the back of that big Joe box stretching across the back or whatever. And I, and then the, the weekend comes and they're driving that truck to go out to do this, to do that. And, I, and so 
But during the week, it's there. I know if I had to stay in my office on the weekend, <laughs> I would go nuts. But yet, the pickup truck has kind of moved for a lot of people to not only their office, but also mm -hmm. their personal car as well. Why is that? What's the reasoning? Well, you know, I mean, a lot of the automakers have done a really smart thing, and, and they've made it incredibly work truck functional. You have outlets that you can plug a computer into. The glove boxes and the, the center consoles are big enough to fit your laptop into. You know, they, you, you look at the, the GMC pickup truck and it has that multifunction tailgate that can, you know, be a step, can be a workspace, can be, you know, many different things, a seat of all things. You know, if you, you're going to eat your lunch in the, in the back of the truck, it can be a little table. So um, they've made these trucks very functional for your work life, but um, I don't know if you've seen the interior of a Ram 1500 lately, but they've also made those trucks additionally super luxurious, super comfortable, you know, and, and a truck that you are not ashamed to drive on the weekend. So, you know, it, it's very functional, but then attractive and comfortable for the weekend. So it, it is one of those vehicles that you don't mind spending all of your time in because it does everything you need it to do. And now, with the, and, and as a, you know, in the late 70s, Ford came out with the club cab and then the crew cab. Uh, you know, they always had them around, but usually utility companies or something bought them. Uh, and, and then uh, when they came out with that extra seat in the back or that, even that jump seat, now you could take the family, now you could take two kids with mm -hmm. you. So now it serves, I guess, the purpose of the work truck and the, the family car. Yeah, you know, I had a, a Silverado um, a, a couple months ago at this point, and I was climbing around in that truck. And granted, again, four foot eleven, five feet tall, size of a ten-year-old child here. Um, but I was climbing around in the truck, and I sat in the back seat, and I could literally put my legs straight out and not touch the the front seat. So, you know, you have these trucks that can fit five men in them, which are great if you're in construction and you're taking a group of your coworkers to the construction site. But then, you know, it turns around on the weekend, becomes a really comfortable and competent family cruiser. It has, uh, you know, USB charge ports in the back and you can plug in your devices and, you know, work on your WordPad or, or your um, iPad and, you know, watch a movie when you are um, in the middle of taking a road trip. So it makes the conversion from work to personal really easy. Jill Simonello from uh, pickuptruck.com is with us. Um, pickuptrucktalk.com, I'm sorry. Pickuptrucktalk.com is with us here on Drive Time Radio as we talk about pickup trucks. Uniquely American, this phenomenon, or is it now starting to... Is it the one piece of America that people around the world now want? I, I mean, I think it is starting to trickle out, but it is predominantly, I, I think, still an American tradition. And uh, because when you look at European cities, European roads, I don't know if you've if driven in Europe, yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, it, it's made for my GTI, not for a Ram 1500. And um, the, the streets are really narrow. And so, I, I mean, if you're going to have a pickup truck over there, you're going to have something that's more like a Ford Ranger, which is, in fact, sold globally. You're going to have something that's more on the on the small, you know, or the midsize um, truck size of things. Um, I, I believe um, Hyundai and I've heard um, maybe potentially even another um, automaker coming out with a more small size pickup truck. So I can see something like that 
making it over in in Europe, but I mean the full size pickup trucks, uh, you would probably break off both of your um, side mirrors trying to drive through some of those streets. <laughs> yeah. uh, it knocked your cowboy hat right off. Uh, you know, it's interesting to me. I guess I've noticed over the past um, couple of years that. Uh, the pickup truck has also become a political statement for a lot of people. I, I mean, I, I don't know that I've necessarily seen that. I try to to keep out of of, of politics as much as I can. Uh, but I mean, you definitely see them more in southern states. But again, in southern states, you have more room, more space, you know, than someplace like Chicago. However, I, I have to say I learned recently, um, so I also co-host a, a podcast uh, the, uh, for um, the Consumer Guide Automotive. I'm a co-host on that and weekly podcast, and we were talking about pickup trucks and recently learned that the Ford F-150 is the most sold vehicle in the state of Illinois. I, I would not have guessed that. Um, and, and down in Florida, where you would think the F-150 would be like the, the best seller, it's the Toyota Corolla. So, um, you know, the heart wants what the heart wants. So, uh, yeah. you know, but I, you see pickup trucks everywhere and, and I've had them in the city and I'm always surprised when I pull into a parking lot in Chicago and, and there's like four or five pickup trucks. I'm like, oh, I didn't expect to see you here. Uh, but, but, you know, they're definitely there and, and, you know, they definitely make a statement. Um, I don't know if it's a political statement, but they, they make a statement about, I, I, I don't know what kind of a statement they make, but maybe control, you know, again, goes back to the whole king of the road thing. You know, they're very commanding and, and people want the functionality of a pickup truck in addition to the comfort of say um, full size SUV. And, right. and with the larger cabins now, you can get both. So you can haul your stuff to storage. You can go to Ikea and pick up all the furniture that you want. You can do all of those very functional things, but then still enjoy the, the, the luxury of, of the cabin. So I, I don't know if it's, again, necessarily a political statement, but it's just a, a statement that says, you know, I can, I can do anything I want to do because I have the, the vehicle that can do it. Much as, and I know we talked about political statement a second ago, but it's interesting to me that you have the world of the hybrid, the electric, now merging and coming over to the big pickup truck where we're going to start to see a number of companies and we're going to talk to Ben Halverson in just a few minutes about the electrification of pickup trucks mm -hmm. but that the two worlds you know of electric and kind of the environment and the pickup truck and the kind of gas guzzling thing that it represents <laughs> is kind of coming together maybe the pickup truck will unite America well, you know, it, we need something to unite America. But, uh, you know, I, I find this electrification very interesting because, you know, Ford just launched the 2021 Ford F-150. And um, as a part of that, they revealed that they are going to have a, a hybrid truck. And it's going to be called Power Boost. So it fits in with their, um, like, EcoBoost nomenclature. And, uh you know, they, they kind of touted it as uh, a really interesting work truck because of the capability to be an onboard generator. So, you know, there's certainly some functionality there, but then again, translates over into to the weekend lifestyle where you're going to get better fuel economy and um, it's going to be a much more practical travel vehicle because of the hybrid capability. However, in juxtaposition, 
very interestingly, Ram just did a study uh, about um, do people, are people more excited about electric trucks or are they more excited about, you know, a V8? And um, I, I don't know if this is a dumb moment or not, but people are obviously, well, maybe not obviously, but people are more excited about the V8. So yeah. I, I think that, you know, there are many reasons why we are moving towards electrification and, and why people are testing this in the full-size truck market. Um, you know, some of it has to do with fuel economy. Some of it has to do with pushing, you know, new technologies and, and looking to the future. Um, but I'm just, I'm personally incredibly curious about how quickly this is going to take on. I, I, I mean, or catch on. I mean, we've been looking at hybrids since what the the toyota prius back in 90 wasn't it yeah i think it was like 99 or something like that yeah, 99. And, and uh and so i mean we still haven't seen a large you know proliferation of hybrids in society you know people are coming out with new ones every year honda uh, just launched the new honda crv hybrid um, and, and so you're seeing a lot of new models and people who haven't necessarily had hybrids before coming out with them, um, but it's still not necessarily catching on. So I, I'm definitely going to be curious to see uh, what what the take rate is going to be for a hybrid and um, in the pickup truck segment. And and are people using it for work functions or are they using it more for you know their personal life? And you're also going to have to, I think, get people over, especially the off-roaders, off of the range anxiety, you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see to somebody, okay, you know, take the truck up into the, up the mountain or into the woods mm -hmm. or whatever. It's great because you're not spewing gas fumes out there, right. uh, carbon monoxide stuff. But on the other hand, am I going to take it up the mountain and have to, you know, coast it down because the battery <laughs> goes dead? Well, and, and I think in my world, that's why, you know, your hybrid or your plug-in hybrids are really good, um, way to move into electrification because you don't have that range anxiety. You know, it, it, Jeep just launched some news this week that they are coming out with the 4xe uh, brand, which is going to be their plug-in hybrid brand. And so you'll get 25 miles of all electric range. And then you um, will move into a hybrid powertrain after that. And so imagine if something like the Gladiator had uh, the 4xe badge and you could do 25 miles of all electric range and then you go into your gasoline mode. Well, okay, you can creep along in the quietly in the forest with your all-electric range, but you don't have to worry about running out of gas and coasting down the mountain because then, you know, just like that, all of a sudden your gasoline engine will kick in, saves the day, and you continue traversing, you know, through through the woods and doing your off-roading stuff, but you haven't lost anything and you probably saved a little bit of the environment because you didn't go full gas the entire time. Jill, a final question for you okay. for so long, and I've really loved watching you get it. You're the girl in the trunk, the woman <laughs> in the trunk. You get into the trunk of every car that you road test. Uh, I tried it once, got stuck, had to call a fire department. Um, so I can't copy on that. But as you've as you've gotten into these into pickup trucks now, and you've gotten into the beds of these trucks, is there any particular bed of a truck that you find to be nicer than the other? <laughs> Um, all right. So, uh, also another clarification: I'm 1.5 cubic feet of cargo volume. Um, if that if that means anything, I had a a, a friend figure that out for me uh, many moons ago. Um, so we we use me as a unit of measure, and I I have actually fit inside of a Ram box um, before. 
in terms of truck beds that I think are cool and comfortable, I, I look to the GMC carbon fiber truck bed. Uh, I think that is a really cool truck bed. It's not particularly comfortable. It's, it's, it's harder than stone. Um, but I think it's a really neat truck bed and that you cannot destroy that thing. Um, I've seen people wail on it with baseball bats and it doesn't even like make a, a dent. So um, again, I don't know that any truck bed is particularly comfortable, but I think that one is definitely the coolest. Oh, well, I just thought when you just, when you said wail on it, you reminded me of one more quick question. Tesla. Yes. With a pickup truck. Uh, you know what? I'm not a particular fan, but um, I think that, Tesla is a, um, they're an upstart and they need to upset the market. And I think that they are going to push um, all of the other truck makers uh, into new directions because of what they're doing. So I, 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 it's not a thumbs up or a thumbs down. It's more of a. We're okay with sideways. We're okay with 50 50. Sideways. Yeah, I'm 50 50. I, I don't like it, but I think that it's necessary. How's that? Bill Simonello from PickupTruckTalk.com. Thank you so much for spending a couple of minutes with us, man. I really appreciate it. Great conversation. And uh, again, let people know where your podcast is as well. Uh, yeah. So podcast with Consumer Guide Car Stuff Podcast. And if you search any um, service that has podcasts, you will find us there. So it's Consumer Guide Car Stuff Podcast. And well worth listening to. Jill, thanks a lot. Talk to you soon. Uh, thanks for having me. This was fun. Okay, no, thanks, bye. And that is Jill Simonello from PickupTruckTalk.com, joining us here on Drive Time Radio. Stick around, we got more of our tribute to the American workhorse, the pickup truck, as Bengt Halverson joins us next to talk about electric trucks, right here on Drive Time Radio on 1150 KKNW. It's halftime. Both teams are in their locker room discussing what they can do to win this game in the second half. It's halftime in America, too. People are out of work and they're hurting. And they're all wondering what they're going to do to make a comeback. And we're all scared because this isn't a game. The people of Detroit know a little something about this. They almost lost everything. But we all pulled together. Now Motor City is fighting again. I've seen a lot of tough eras, a lot of downturns in my life, times when we didn't understand each other. It seems that we've lost our heart at times. The fog of division, discord, and blame made it hard to see what lies ahead. But after those trials, we all rallied around what was right and acted as one. Because that's what we do. We find a way through tough times, and if we can't find a way, then we'll make one. All that matters now is what's ahead. How do we come from behind? How do we come together? And how do we win? Detroit's showing us it can be done. And what's true about them is true about all of us. This country can't be knocked out with one punch. We get right back up again, and when we do, the world's gonna hear the roar of our engines. Yeah, it's halftime America, and our second half's about to begin.
giving local voices a chance to shine. Alternative Talk, 1150. And back here on Drive Time Radio, a Saturday morning. New York Vinny hanging out with you on this Labor Day weekend. Hope you have a safe and healthy and happy Labor Day. And remember to uh, drive safely. And please, please, please do not drink and drive. We want all of you. Listen, I need all the listeners I can get. We want to have you back here next week and in the weeks to come as well. We continue our tribute to the American workhorse, the pickup truck. We do it every Labor Day weekend, honoring those trucks that get us from here to there, uh, that bring everything we need to bring from here to there. We load up when we're moving. We throw our toolboxes in the back of them. We throw the kids in the back of them. We barbecue in them. We do everything you can in those pickup trucks. And of course, traditionally, we think of pickup trucks as gasoline powered. But our next guest is going to shed a little light on what's coming in electric pickup trucks. Ben Calverson is with Green Car Reports. There's a lot of stuff going on in the electric truck space that I think you might be interested in. So, Ben, why don't you tell us a little bit about what's going on in electrics? Electric pickup trucks are coming, and they're coming for some very different reasons than those hybrid trucks. Those hybrid trucks are kind of the result of... um, our corporate average fuel economy rules and and suppliers and automakers, you know, discussing the situation and working out solutions o- over a over a long period, over you know, 10, 15, 20 years, and coming up with hybrid solutions that that improve the mileage and you know do everything in a way that that appeals to traditional truck buyers. Right. That's the case with the F one fifty hybrid, but. There's Tesla, and because we've had Tesla, and because there's so much buzz around Tesla, um, there's this entire other segment of of um, the pickup trucks sector um, that has brought to light uh, several more companies. Rivian was the one that really got got things started, uh, and they um, they've they're very well funded by uh, through Ford. Amazon and and others, and um, they have a truck called the R1T that's coming next year, uh, and they take a lot of um, a, a lot of the technology, I guess I would say, that Tesla taps into, but applies it toward this sort of outdoor lifestyle personal truck, you know, uh, very much selling in the sort of um, high end. Uh, GMC and Jeep range. Right, that's 75,000 uh, up. Um, that, that's right, that's right. And really appealing to people who are going to go camping and off-roading and and, uh, and everything else. Um, and so we're seeing this other, this other kind of truck emerge and it's the fully electric truck. It has no engine under the hood, no plan to put any engine under the hood. It's all battery powered. And the only reason that's coming about is because of the buzz of, of Tesla, really. And I think that's a good thing if we really take this into context and realize what it means and, and, and that we don't try to push electric trucks to the wrong people. Right. Because electric trucks can be great. And they, here's where they can be great. They can be great at off-roading because people who 
love that off-road lifestyle. Um, when, when you take the engine out of the mix, it's an experience like no other where you, you hear the birds, you hear the, yeah. the wind blowing, blowing through the trees. You're, you're much more aware of, of the, the, the branches that you're breaking as you're driving over them and the rocks that you're going around. And you have this level of, of, uh, traction and flexibility and, and, uh, control that just really can't be beat, um, for, for diesel and gas engines. And as far as the, the, flexibility and control i would strongly suggest any any um listeners to to go check out there's a rivian video it's called the tank turn i believe and and uh it, it basically lets them run the rear engines some of the some it, it lets them run torque through the rear motors and front motors in reverse direction selectively to just crank the whole vehicle around without it even moving you know it's, it's, it's an off-road trick you could never do with 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 a gasoline engine so this is a vehicle it has four motors on uh, behind each wheel right if i'm not mistaken well the the model that they're revealing first has has uh two motors i believe but it can selectively you know apply all the all the torque to one side or the other Wow, that's uh, that's amazing. I'm, uh, if, again, Rivian.com, I believe, is the uh, web website for them, right? And, yeah, um, yeah. And to see a yeah. video like that, it might it might take you to, but yeah, it's one of their one of their clips that they've teased the truck with. Um, but you know, since Rivian, Tesla has stepped up, and it's a truck they've 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 teased for a few years that they have a, a pickup in the mix. We just didn't know it was going to be quite as offbeat i guess you'd say as it as it starshipy i call it starshipy you know <laughs> <laughs> i mean if yeah, you're a star very... trek fan and you drive a tesla what more could you want in the world right <laughs> right <laughs> very very science fiction i would dare say that if anyone else other than elon musk had put that that um that truck out there that it would be you know very sharp much more sharply criticized um but since with his track record and his level of you know fandom and science fiction references and geekery he can get away with it yeah. um but um so the tesla cybertruck is another one they have something crazy i mean it's it's over four hundred thousand hand raisers i think for that truck it's in in the in the vicinity of that um it's amazing that, you know yeah, they haven't put out, haven't had to request. I think it's just a hundred or three hundred dollars so far down. But, but um, you know, I think that that truck's going to be really popular. Do you get um, a little? Um, do you get a little thing to wear on your Star Trek uniform when you want to see on it or something? Uh, yeah. You know, we're, we're laughing about it, but you know, we're going to see him out in the street. And I don't know if the final product will look like. Uh, and we'll put a picture of the uh, Tesla prototype up on the on the website. But if um, I, I don't know, do you think that the finished Tesla pickup truck will look anything like what they showed uh, six months ago? I, you know, I was thinking until uh, until a couple months ago that it wouldn't. And uh, based on some earlier hints, uh, Musk had said that the the production version would be. I think toned down was one of the way he put 
he, one of the ways he put it a little bit toned down in size and in, in uh, design. But in the end, um, he said more recently that, uh, it'll, that the production version will be really close in dimensions and design to, to the, the basically concept car that, that they showed last year. Wow, that's amazing. Um, Again, go to the website and take a look, or the, our Facebook page and take a look at the picture of this thing because it's, uh, it's like nothing you've seen out there before. Yeah, if you've been in a bubble and you and you somehow missed the the cyber truck last year, check 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 it out. Um, and that's Banked Halverson joining us from Green Car Reports. You can read his stuff online. And if you're into uh, greening of cars, you know, uh, electrics, hybrids, alternative fuel, uh, Banked is probably the number one guy in the country when it comes to that kind of stuff. GreenCarReports.com is where you can find his work. All right, when we come back here on Drive Time Radio, a Labor Day celebration of the pickup truck, we got a cartoon for you. Or maybe it'll be a truck tune this week. Stick around, we got more to come. Watch out! No sweat! I'm going to introduce you to the sport of four-wheeling and my Jeep pickup. My Jeep pickup's got great ground clearance. Wait, that hill's too steep for us. It's easy for my Jeep pickup. Four-wheel drive's built in, not added on to give us super traction. Oh, we did it! I thought you didn't like my Jeep pickup. It's the only way to fly! Jeep pickup. We wrote the book on four-wheel drive. Make us part of your daily routine. Alternative Talk, 1150. gonna have that pickup truck you gotta make sure you run it through the car wash although a lot of car washes don't like to take pickup trucks and i'm back here with you live on drive time radio new york Vinny here with you on a gray saturday morning in seattle it is our annual labor day weekend pick uh tribute to uh pickup truck the american workhorse how many of us uh have had pickup trucks i've, I've owned a few pickups in my life i love them uh i Owned a few El Caminos, which I've really enjoyed, which is that half car, half pickup truck. Um, matter of fact, I think I'm kind of thinking about buying one now, uh, being in the market for a pickup truck and, you know, an old beater. Um, I've only, I had a couple of new ones back when I was younger. Um, uh, but I don't know. I'm, I'm more about the old beater pickup right now. You know, the one that you just, you throw your stuff in the back, uh, you know, you can take it to the beach and sit in the back. Uh, the drive-in movies, you just set up your chairs in the back and turn it around and sit there and watch the movie while you're sitting in back in a truck. Or if you have to, you know, help a friend move furniture, boom, uh, you got the truck. It is Drive Time Radio. You can always get a hold of us, by the way, at drive to- at uh, Vinny at drivetime-radio.com if you have a subject that you think we should be covering um, or especially if you think you'd love to advertise on this show and reach car buffs all over uh, the uh, Puget Sound area, by all means, uh, give me a holler at um, at our email address. Or if you have a request for our next segment, which is one of my favorite segments of this show, it is called Cartoons. It's our cartoon of the week. This week, we make a little bit of an adjustment. It's a truck tune of the week, but that's okay. Lots of songs about pickup trucks. As you might imagine, lots of country songs about pickup trucks. One of my favorite artists, and he's not exactly country. uh, He is not exactly rock and roll. He's probably most famous 
for writing and performing the song Mr. Bojangles in the 70s. It's been recorded uh, by just about everybody from uh, Sammy Davis Jr. to the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band. Uh, but Jeff Walker is uh, one of the you know great um, um, uh, providers of the Austin, Texas sound. He and Willie Nelson and uh, again, the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band, and a lot of people down in Austin, uh, you know, have, have that certain sound. And Jerry Jeff has done it as well uh, or better than anybody else. Uh, of course, he has a truck. He has a song about called the Pickup Truck Song, and it's recorded live at Carnegie Hall. So let's listen to it on our cartoon of the week. There you go, live from Carnegie Hall. I mean, that's kind of cool. You know, Carnegie Hall, New York City, and he's singing about a pickup truck. Jerry Jeff Walker is the name of that artist. If you haven't uh, heard him before, you actually probably have heard him before. Uh, we also use his um, Nolan Ryan. He's a hero, hero to us all when I do baseball music special, but that is a pickup, pickup truck song and uh, recorded live at Carnegie Hall. And... Um, from the album of the same name, and uh, it's well worth your while if you like that kind of music to check out uh, Jerry Jeff Walker if you haven't already. All right, uh, we will uh, take a quick break, come back, and talk a little bit more about uh, Amer- uh, the pickup truck's place in America. We also have Yo Vinny, what are you driving this week coming up? So don't you dare go anywhere, stick around. We have a lot more drive time to come right here on the Drive Time Radio Network in 1150 KKNW. We thought this would be a good time to show you how roomy and comfortable the Chevy full-size pickup is. Chevy, the most dependable, longest-lasting trucks on the road. Want to hear something different from talk radio? Keep your dial on Alternative Talk 1150. You ever wonder how many pickup trucks uh, Johnny Cash owned? I bet he had quite a few in his uh, stable of pickup trucks. You know, I've been to the Elvis um, Auto Museum, and I can't for the life of me remember. I'm sure Elvis Presley had a couple of pickup trucks out of Graceland, but uh, I don't remember if I saw a pickup truck in his collection at the Elvis Auto Museum. Uh, my connection with pickup trucks goes back uh, to, um, you know, many, 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 many years ago. My dad, as I've often told you, uh, owned uh, gas stations, and it was always the service truck uh, that was um, the first one that I remember him taking, you know, taking me out in was he had a... Um, he had a Sunoco station, and he had a 52 or 53 International pickup truck. And it, this thing was about as stark as you could get. Metal dashboard, no padding, uh, three on the tree. And uh, I think the only option in this thing was a cigarette lighter. That was about it. And, um, you know, it was the typical thing where he would take me and put me, uh, you know, you, you would never do this today because the cop would pull you over and probably put you in child protective services or something like that. But in the old days, 
you know, there was enough room in this thing that he would take me and put me, you know, right in front of the steering wheel on his lap. And here, come on, Vinny, I'll show you how to drive. And put you there and you'd be driving down the street. You know, his hand's at the bottom of the wheel, but you're thinking you're driving the thing down the street. And it probably helped me learn how to drive because he taught me, you know, at a very young age, three, four, five years old, whatever I was, six years old, to, you know, to, to look both ways when you get to a corner and how to stop and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And um, I just, you know, I cherish those memories. Uh, you know, the memory of um, going to, uh, there used to be this hot dog guy on 31st Avenue in Astoria. We used to get the pickup truck on a Saturday afternoon. I'd go down to the gas station and help him out. And we would get in the uh, in the pickup truck and go for hot dogs and hot dog Charlie's on 31st Avenue. It was just a guy with a hot, you know, with a, a, a panel truck that had, a, um, you know, a hot dog steam table in it. You know, the dirty water hot dogs that you get in New York and you'd go and, you know, two hot dogs and an orange soda with dad on a Saturday afternoon. I mean, really, there was nothing better in the world. It was it was our time. You know, I spent all week with mom. Dad worked a lot of hours to uh, keep us, you know, keep us going. And, um, you know, so you, you tend to spend a lot of time with mom. But Saturday afternoon, my, you know, Sunday was with my sisters. Saturday afternoon, it was me and him at the hot dog wagon, eating our lunch. Or we go and we get that international pickup. Uh, later, we had a, a Chevy pickup, a couple of Chevy pickups, actually, um, that were uh, had a, uh, my dad had a 64 Chevy pickup that he bought from a guy named Mike the Glazier. He was a glass guy. And uh, the nose was wiped out on the pickup guy, hit a, hit a, uh, T-bone somebody with the with the truck and got to take the he, he gave me the assignment. I probably was about 10 years old at the time. Let's see, it was 66, uh, 67, 68. So yeah, probably, I don't know, you know, 68, I was probably 12 years old and uh, 13 years old. And it was the summer he bought the truck and he brought it to the station, parked it front in front of uh one of the garage doors and said, all right, take the nose off the truck. And I said, well, he said, no, get the, you got the tools, get the tools, bring them out, take the front off the truck. Well, how do I do that? Well, no, figure it out. And it took me, I don't know, you know, four or five days. It probably would have taken a regular body man about two hours, but it took me four or five days to figure it out. But I got the nose off the truck. And it was the first time I had ever done, you know, uh, uh, tried to do a major auto body repair by myself. And it was kind of cool. I felt this big um, sense of accomplishment. You know, that I, that I could take the nose off of this truck. And, um, you know, and then I, he taught me how to straight, you know, straighten uh, this and that. And it, it, you know, it was a project that we worked on together on this pickup truck, this, this uh, Mike DeGlacier's 66, uh, 66, I think it was something like that, 64 uh, Chevy pickup truck. And, uh, you know, a lot different than the trucks.
today. I mean, those were stark bare trucks. You get the pickup truck today. And I mean, that thing has, you know, custom seats. I mean, I've driven, you know, uh, on some of these, uh, like the Ram pickup truck is, uh, you know, luxurious. I mean, that Ram 1500, uh, you know, it, it, it was it the Larry, I think it is. It's like off the charts, beautiful. You sit inside, it's got a, a big screen on the dashboard and a Hemi engine and, um, you know, the uh, power windows, power seats, power, you know, four seats. We, you know, the trucks that I grew up with didn't have any of that. We didn't have power seats or anything like that. I don't think I ever saw a power seat pickup truck. One of the fanciest pickup truck I saw was in 1976. I bought a um, a 76 Silverado short bed Chevy pickup truck. Now the Silverado was the was the top of the line truck, and what it had was a couple of pleats on the doors. It did have power windows, and um, it had a, a wood fake wood grain dashboard over the gauges panel and a fake wood grain panel outside. And that was it. And full wheel covers, which we took off, took the wheels off and put um, the cool thing to do with the pickup trucks in those days was to take the um, uh, Buick Riviera mags, uh, which were really boss looking uh, uh, wheels, Buick uh, Riviera wheels and which were 15 inch and put radial tires on them, put them on the truck and the trucks would handle nicely, a pickup truck would be awesome. And then you'd get it pinstriped and you know, it looked really cool. I think I paid, um, what did I pay? I paid $4,700 for that truck, brand new, 4,700 bucks. You can't, I mean, you go to, you go to a Chevy dealer now to buy a pickup truck and you want what would be the equivalent of that truck today, which would be a top of the line Silverado, even a half ton. Um, if you could find a half ton, just regular short bed with a, you know, no crew cab or anything, 50 grand, unbelievable. But these trucks mean so much to so many people. I mean, families grow up in them. Uh, you're off, it's your office during the day and at night you take your girlfriend, your wife, uh, your, 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 you know, close friends go drive in movie. You go out to dances. They're no longer, um, looked at as just a truck, but they're, they're really now America's family car and the options you can get on them. Uh, you heard Jill talk about the Ram box, which is the boxes that come in the sides of the the walls of the bed of the trucks. Uh, you can get them, uh, you know, tailgates that open three or four different ways, halfway, three quarter way, go down. You can step on it to get into it. Uh, they really have come up with some incredible, incredible options on these trucks. And as political statements, you know, it's interesting in this year, and I don't want to go into politics on this show, but it's interesting in how the pickup truck has really turned into a political statement uh, for some people. Um, I don't believe that to be true. I think people from all stripes drive pickup trucks. 
just like people from all stripes drive uh, hybrids and Priuses. It isn't all or one or the other. You're probably less likely likely to see a cowboy uh, driving a Prius, uh, and just as you are probably less likely to see uh, an inner city uh, dwelling guy driving a pickup truck. But it doesn't mean it doesn't happen because it does. Um, especially, again, I go back to the older pickup trucks, you know, the little mini pickup trucks. The only one thing I wish that would happen, and as, as I said before, I know that Hyundai is, is going to come out with one, but I miss the smaller pickup truck. It seems now when you go to buy a pickup truck, you have to buy a Jagunda big pickup truck. But I miss the uh, 70s and the 80s when there was a Volkswagen Rabbit pickup truck. There was a small Dodge um, Omni built pickup truck. Uh, there was the smaller Toyota Hilux pickup truck, uh, the little Datsun pickup truck. It looked like it was uh, a derivative of a 510. And, um, you know, the smaller pickup trucks. I think those should and probably will make a comeback. And I miss the El Camino. I just, you know, I sold my, my last El Camino a couple of years ago. And I've been kind of getting the itch lately. I had a 72 El Camino, which is the half car, half pickup truck. And I love that thing. Um, maybe I'll find myself a Subaru Baja or something like that. This way I could combine uh, kind of being Northwest with the pickup truck. Maybe we'll do something like that. All right. Time now for Yo, Vinny. Yo, Vinny, what are you driving this week? Thank you, Nathan. See, that's how I make sure that Nathan stays awake during the show. I, um, Nathan, how are you, by the way? I'm doing very well this morning, actually. A little bit tired, doing, but waking up. Okay, you having fun doing the show this morning? I am. It's great talking about pickup trucks. Did you do a little two-step to Jerry Jeff Walker? I'm sorry, one more time? Did you do a little two-step uh, scoop, uh, boot scooting to uh, Jerry Jeff Walker? Oh, I definitely did. I felt like I was sitting there right in the bar stool just listening to his music. Right in Gillies, right? I mean, you, you might as well just been sitting there with Mickey Gilly, right? Yep. <laughs> oh, all right. So you want to know what I'm driving this week, don't you, Nate? I do, and I'm really curious. Uh, I am driving uh, the Volkswagen Atlas S-E-L-S-U-V. Uh, I drove the Atlas Cross Sport a couple of months ago and really loved it. This is the three-seat version uh, the Crossport only has the two seats. This is the three-seat version of uh, the Volkswagen Atlas. And I got to tell you, folks, they might not be the most popular SUVs out on the road, but the Atlas, the Touareg, and the Tiguan, all, which is their small, medium, and large, uh, you know, family size SUVs, the Atlases, uh, are all great SUVs. They are, um, uh, you know, they, again, am I going to take one up to the top of the mountain like I would uh, with a Jeep or a Land Rover? No, I'm not going to do that. But what I am is uh, take it for a nice ride, get in it. It's spacious. It's roomy. It runs good. It gets decent gas mileage. And it's, um, I don't want to say fun to drive, 
but it, it's certainly interesting and engaging to drive. So that's what I'm driving this week. The Volkswagen Atlas SEL SUV. We'll have a full review of it uh, in the weeks to come here on Drive Time. And that will also put this edition of Drive Time in the books. We thank you so much for listening. Thank you to Nathan for making everything work and our guest. And I will catch up with you next weekend, next Saturday morning at 8, if the Lord's willing and the creek don't rise. Have a very, very safe and a very, very good Labor Day weekend. That's all from Drive Time Radio.